Hi everybody, it's me, Ryan Moffitt from ROTM Radio. Just wanted to take a moment to let you know that you can download ROTM Radio via the Podbean app, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and many, many more. If you cannot find ROTM Radio via your favorite listening podcast app, just go ahead and pull the RSS feed off of ROTMRadio.com. Everybody and welcome to ROTM Radio, the official podcast of ROTMRadio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Moffat, and with me today is the barber of the constellations, Dustin Griffith. Hey yo! Thank you very much, Dustin. And also with us today, uh, the man that you know and love is Just Zach. Hi. What's going on, everybody? Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, everybody, welcome to episode five. Uh, episode five is Independence Day. We watched the movie and stuff. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit of a special episode today because we have officially we have officially finished our first four week block of podcasts. I know. Yay! <laughs> Look at us. We did it. Yeah. I, hope just, I hope you guys are as much as excited as I am. So we are. I just hear it in your <laughs> voice so much. Uh, so we're officially on our second movie, um, and I just wanted to take a moment, if it's okay with you guys, uh, to kind of go over for the listeners some of the stuff that we've been talking about um, as far as scheduling. I know that we started out where we were saying, "Hey, we're going to be doing a book, movie, TV show, uh, and flush the format," and that was going to be the format that we're going to use for the four week or the four episode block each time so we actually sat down and talked about it amongst us hosts uh, a couple weeks ago and we're going to change that up a little bit because we want to be able to be a little more convenient uh, to us hosts as far as and and to you the listeners as far as consuming the entertainment that we're trying to consume because it's a little ambitious Uh, I think that's the correct word right guys as far as trying to get it all done each month Am I on the right track here? A little ambitious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little time consuming. So in order for us to be able to try to put out the quality product that we want to put out and also keep giving you guys the same level of content as far as, you know, at least one episode a week bar, you know, a few weeks a year where we might not be able to record, um, you know, what we're going to do basically is we're going to start putting out and I've already done this on the Facebook page. And I think also on Twitter, uh, as far as right now we have the next eight episodes lined out exactly what's going to happen. So what we're going to be doing is, um, you know, like this week we're doing the movie instead of the book. Cause we had to push the book back for a week, uh, to make sure we could all wrap it up and, and get it finished. So after this, uh, it's going to be another two months before we do another book. Uh, so basically, we're swapping out the book and the TV shows, and how it's going to work is 
We're going to attempt to every other month have a TV show topic, every other month have a book topic, but also still have movies and flush the format episodes every month. So, um, so you might get more movies or more flush the format, or we might have, you know, when we hit those books that are, you know, the eight, 900 page books, stuff like that, we might end up doing, you know, two episodes on one book rather than just one episode, you know, try to squeeze a giant book into an hour and a half to two hours, uh, versus, you know, you end up having four hours on that one book, but it's over two different episodes. So it's easy to, it's easier to, you know, bite sized chunks. Um, am I missing anything on there guys? No, no, that's uh that sounds good. What about you, D- Dustin? No, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think it will, uh, just some of the changes will help us, uh, help me specifically <laughs> <laughs> get this content, um, consumed so that I can add to you, the listener, um, a better uh, better breakdown of the story behind. Right, and so hopefully we'll be able to, you know, work. in order to keep a good quality product coming out to you guys, we want to make sure that we aren't, as the host, trying to cram stuff as much um, as far as actually, you know, like, oh my goodness, we're coming up on record day. I've got to get this watched right now. Um, and then because I'm trying to rush through it, we're missing stuff. So we just want to make sure that we're putting out a quality product. And, uh, so for the most part, uh, like I said, we put out a list for at least the next eight weeks. I mean, that's, that's two months of, you know, it's two months or could be a little more of, of episodes. So, um, we're going to try to put out these lists as we come up with them. Um, is there, that's, so that's pretty much it. I mean, so slight change. Um, but like I said, it's still, still the same great product and, uh, we shouldn't have any interruptions as far as, um, for the most part, weekly, uh, weekly shows. Um, yeah. So I think that's about it on that. Right guys. Yeah, dude. I think you covered everything. Okay. Perfect. Sweet. Um, yeah. So the other order of business then, uh, that I did want to talk to the listeners about is the fact that, uh, so I kind of did this today. Um, but it was a, it was kind of a quick thing where people didn't really have noticed that we were going to do it. So, uh, ROTM radio has a discord page. And if you're, if you've never been on discord before, it's a, it's a great way to hang out and chat with friends and uh, game together, uh, talk to each other, have video chats, um, uh, share memes, all that kind of stuff. It's just a big chat service and oh. it's probably the best one out there. It's the one we use, um, us to record the podcast. It's, uh, um, a lot of streaming can be done from it, all that kind of stuff. So we have an ROTM radio discord set up and what I want to uh, do, and we tested it today and it worked out great is that once we do movies and or TV shows, sometimes, um, we're going to set up like watch parties in the discord. So if you don't have access to, you know, say we're watching a show and it's on Hulu and you don't have Hulu, um, you know, you could be like, Hey, can we do a, can you guys do a who or a uh, a watch party for it? And sure, we can do that and jump right into here. Uh, basically, all you got to do is I've put it on Twitter and also on the Facebook page is a permanent invite link to the ROTM Radio <clears throat> Discord. I will also start putting that link into the show notes of each podcast. That way, um, you know, we'll try to actually schedule those events. That way, people know, hey, at you know, like say Saturday at nine o'clock Pacific time, we're going to be watching whatever the next movie is. 
Uh, that way people can watch together and we can hang out and, uh, you know, not only watch together, but there is a specific uh, watch party uh, text chat also that we can also, um, you know, chat with each other. Oh, man. It looks like we... Did we just lose Zach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you lost me for a moment because my internet went out, which we just spent the last 15 minutes discussing before we clipped this back in. <laughs> Gosh, thanks for breaking the fourth wall. Uh, uh, fourth wall breakage. Man, I don't know why we even set up this little... Uh, thing here okay um yeah so we've got we've got zach back um and so just fyi to the listeners if we lose him again uh we'll continue talking and then he will try to get back in and you know so if he drops off the face of the earth you know what happened um but yeah so zach before you dropped out i i basically finished up talking about uh the watch party thing, and uh, that was pretty much that was pretty much it on that. So, like I said, we'll be scheduling more watch party stuff between us three. Um, as far as yeah, having... and let me tell you all, it was a banger. <laughs> That's all I had. Yeah, I, I I'm real sad because I mean I really enjoyed. Uh, I I was gonna watch the movie, and I I asked my wife, I'm like, you want to watch this? And we watched the trailer. She's like, yeah, it looks really good. So we start watching it, and about five minutes after I start, I get a message from Ryan. Hey, I'm going to do a watch party. And I'm like, well, if I would have known that, you know, <laughs> she could have done whatever she wanted, and, and I could have, uh, like, watched it with you guys. So then I ended up being about 12 minutes ahead, um, spoiling it for everyone. Well, I mean, did but. she like the movie? She she liked it up to the point where she actually started doing like laundry and stuff. She walked in the other room and was Aww, going through. Oh, you can't do laundry while watching Independence so, Day. Come on. But I enjoyed the movie. I really, really enjoyed the movie. So well, good. Well, I guess we should move on to the actual movie then, since we've already discussed. Uh, we've got <laughs> the house cleaning out of the way and talked business. Um, yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah, so Independence Day. Um, so before we get into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, uh, Zach, do you have a spoiler-free summary for the listeners? Yeah, sure. So uh, to boil it down, um, yeah, boil we have our potatoes. extraterrestrial friends uh, that come from somewhere from in outer space, come visit the Blue Marble, say hi you know, at this point, we're not really sure what's going to happen. We just know, oh, there's some people and they're coming over here. What do we do? Oh, actually, no, they are bad. And now we go to uh, our friend, Captain Stephen Hiller, who's there to save the day with his friend Jimmy. And um, that's uh, that about wraps up our summary. Will, oh. will they destroy the alien uh, fiend? Or will Earth become... A ball of fire and cease to exist like Krypton. Dun dun dun. Okay, so uh, consider that your spoiler. No, he's got to say all the warning. <laughs> oh yeah. Done. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, all right. 
<laughs> I guess now consider that your spoiler-free warning, all you yes. ROTM radio fans. Mm, thank you. All right, so Independence Day. Dustin, why don't you uh, why don't you get us started on your your thoughts since this was your first time watching it? Yes. So, um, as always, uh, well, as it's been so far on ROTM Radio, um, I. Most of these uh, movies that we went through, I've not seen. And sorry, listeners, I know that I should have seen Independence Day before, but I haven't. And uh, so I was going into it. Um, and I, Ryan, maybe you can help me. What was the? What was the? It was the Mel Gibson war movie that I thought the Patriot. When you said Independence Day, that was the movie I thought was it the Patriot. Saving Private Ryan. No, you were thinking of the Patriot. The Patriot, that's what it was. And I... I Which was, by the way, like, it was so weird we to me because to I was like, what? Like, you're confusing Independence Day and the Patriot? Like, that's, <laughs> I don't know how you confuse those two. And I don't know how I confused him either, but that's what I thought we were watching. And so it was... Um, it was when, when I saw the trailer and saw... Uh, alien ships coming down I got really excited because I'm a huge sci-fi nerd and uh, prefer my war videos with a little bit of sci-fi flavor so I was really really excited and it really did uh, live up to the hype like I think um, it like it was so funny yet so um, like realistic and in a sense i mean obviously we're talking about aliens here but like (laughs) if that was happening there was a lot of things that you know for example this is the first movie um that i've ever seen that's like let's not give the aliens a soul let's just make them just absolutely terrible and they want to uh they have no redeeming qualities whatsoever so I was I, I actually thought that was kind of cool that it was like like and I I'm sure we'll get to it but the the you know the president looks at the guys like can we have a truce and and the aliens like no peace <laughs> and yeah. he's like so what do you want to do with us die <laughs> and I was like you know probably if there was an alien race that was coming and just destroying things that's probably how they feel. There would probably be no talking them out of it. So I, I kind of, to me, I enjoyed kind of the, um, kind of the, I guess the more realistic to what I think would actually happen side of it, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, like you said, there's no redeeming qualities uh, to the aliens. There's really no, um, it it also makes like because the the anger that the the actors and actresses um you know display which is very funny in and of itself especially uh people like Will Smith who's you know just talking shit the entire time he's flying his uh F15 or F18 whatever uh whatever uh, jet that he's flying um he's just talking shit about the aliens the whole time he's flying through this canyon like oh look at that you can't you can't turn oh low bridge oh bet you can't bet you can't fly with a parachute in your face or something <laughs> like you know he's just talking smack the whole time and then you know uh 
Like there's no, there is no, it's like, this is, they're here to it, make the earth extinct because they, that's what they do. They, they use up and, you know, they use and leave. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is, uh, Zach, how many, how many times have me and you watched this movie together? Do you think? Oh, geez. Together? <laughs> you know, I, I'd say, I'd say, uh, you know. We're on the twenty plus. I, I'd know. say that's about accurate. Yeah, like yeah. we grew up watching this movie together, and uh, uh, through my grandpa, and like we just—I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I watch it, it's still great. Like I don't know, the nostalgia's yeah. there for me. The the just you know the funny you know. Will Smith punching an alien in the face and saying, welcome to Earth, while he's got a giant cigar in his mouth. And he goes, nah, that's what I call a close encounter. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> like, the whole thing. The, the comedy's there. Uh, as I said, as I'm probably going to say multiple times, it, you know, holds up to the test of time. You know, it's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I. It's, it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, it's definitely... I'd say it's probably more nostalgic because I grew up with it, but I mean that's enough for me. If I'm being <laughs> honest, that uh, I I loved it. It's it's always nice. It's a fantastic movie, and if you don't think so, then uh, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say these are not opinions at this point. These are just these are facts. facts. These are facts. This is the official opinion of ROTM Radio. Yes, that this movie is fantastic and, and wonderful and awesome and it's 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 a star-studded affair cuz you have like you you have big names like Will Smith and Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonald, Judd Hirsch, Robert Loja, Randy Quaid, freaking Adam Baldwin, Brent Spiner. We have data. Data plays in this movie. Of course, you know, like, <laughs> oh, such a good movie. And Buckwheat from The Little Rascals. <laughs> you know, I didn't actually realize that until, so we were doing the, we were doing the viewing party and my wife was in there uh, viewing with, with us, which was pretty cool. And she goes, hey, is that the same, I think that's the same kid that plays Buckwheat in The Little Rascals is uh, uh, Will Smith's like stepson towards the end of the movie. Um and I was like, "What? No, is it this? Is it actually the same kid? Or same kid? And it totally is. It is. Uh, um, shoot, I just Buck had his, yeah. The character is Buckwheat, but I can't remember. Um, I, I had a like Ross. Uh, Ross Bagley. Yeah. Yeah. So." Yeah, uh, which was cool. I mean, uh, good call, good call, Karen, on that. So yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my uh, so do we kind of want to start breaking down the uh, the story a little bit here, as far as you know, the you know we we open up and you kind of see this you know these you know the space stuff happening, some ships moving around in space, and it's all dark and kind of ominous and scary and stuff, and then. You kind of go down to this uh, this I think it was like a, a satellite observatory or something um, where 
<laughs> there's a guy there that's observing everything, these satellites, and he's listening to the song It's the End of the World as We Know It, which, by the way, is a great song to start this movie out with. And he's playing, like, uh, putt-putt golf in his office, like, just putting, like, has a little putting green or whatever. And that's when we get the alien signal that starts coming through. The it almost sounds like a Morse code thing coming through the satellite speakers. And, um, yeah, Zach, do you want to go ahead and take us from there? Right, right. Yeah, it was like a, a very distinct foreign signal that was not just um, uh, cosmic noise, you know, just noise that space makes. So um, pretty much they they take it into, uh, uh, like, they, they let NASA, they let, they start, like, calling the White House and being like, hey, there's a... We got some stuff going on, and um, uh, what it was is that they took like infrared pictures, and it just kind of like as it's progressing, they're seeing that there's a mass headed towards them. The mass breaks off into several pieces, and uh, at one point they realize that the, that it's it's because at first they're like, oh well, it's like a, it might be a meteor or something. And they, the guy says, well, it's slowing down, um, which means that uh, it's probably not, or it's like if, if this is just a meteor, there's, it doesn't make sense for it to be slowing down as it's approaching Earth. Um, so now, now we're getting a little bit, getting a little bit like, all right, what's going on? What do you mean this, this meteor slowing down? Yeah. I like uh, that. Um, Again, going back to different than other movies I've seen, I really liked that. I mean, the movie really starts out where, um, I mean, it gets right into it. It's not like you spend half of the movie where, okay, we found something that's, you know, around Jupiter and it's slowly coming. It's like, no, it's at the moon and it's going to be here. And I I think at one point he's like, it's going to be here in like 20 minutes, you know? (laughs) And uh, it was very um, like right from the get go. They just, they just kind of come in. And like you said, the, the guy's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's coming and it's not slowing down at all. And so, yeah, it's, um, yes, ex- sorry. <laughs> it is slowing down, so it's not a meteor. Um, but basically, it's not an accident. There, we. It looks like they are coming, and I. I thought it was interesting. You know, you said. I, I think one of you said in the the chat earlier um, that th- this is why we don't live in Los Angeles <laughs> or yeah, that was Seattle me. or New York. <laughs> It's like <laughs> which I've always said like when watching a Marvel movie I'm like like what why is it always in New York City you know like why how, how many times do they have to be built knocked down and rebuilt but uh same same thing <laughs> yeah. here it looks like all the big cities um are the targets of uh alien invasion yeah, I, I, that's what I put out. I'm just like, this is why you never want to move to L.A. or New York. And it's like, because even, even this movie, it's there's 18-some-odd alien craft who, who goes over. But there are cities like 
Moscow and London and you know like they're going they're going over the major capital cities or the major cities and stuff like that and I'm sitting there I'm sitting there watching this going I live near Phoenix would I have been okay for at least the first day like <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so don't don't live in LA don't live in New York because it always happens there um yeah so and I mean they were wiped out pretty quick and like you said it does I mean, they really, they really start it fast, and they really jump right into it. They don't, you know, they don't really waste your time, um, especially with uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. Um, he jumps right into the into the mix. He figures out that there's a uh, that there's a, a signal, or that he breaks down the signal and finds out that there's a countdown, and you know he's right into it. So, um, and. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, they yeah, really don't waste any that time. Every time it repeats, it's degrading. It's, I think uh, you said. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's getting slower, uh, as if as if it's a countdown, and so right. Now, yeah. And maybe I missed this. His, I know that they kind of get into later, you know, and not to get too ahead of ourselves, but later, you know, he kind of becomes a his. I, I, from what I understand, his wife or ex-wife, or they're just separated. I'm not sure. Uh, works for the president, but they, you know, they talk about how that uh, they knew that he knew the president before he was the president. What w- was he actually working for the media, or what was his actual job? Uh, they they did. I I can't remember exactly what his actual job title would be. But his not only his dad, but I think his uh, uh, I think his dad said something about like being a cable repair guy or something. Um, okay. Do you remember? Do you remember Zach? What they said? Well, um, well, in in reference to uh, the altercation that they had had, um, I can't remember who struck who, but he struck the president. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that, that's what it was. Um, and well, and, and I say that he wasn't the actual president yet, but yeah, it was it was him, you know, striking the president. I, at first, I thought maybe they were brothers, um, and then I was like, oh wait, no, it must have been, you know, because they kind of led me, and maybe I I saw this all wrong, or and I miss I missed the whole part, and if I did, excuse me. It almost made it seem like he was upset that his wife went to work for the president because it was such a great opportunity, and you know it basically it severed their marriage. Oh, well, he, um, and he I was... I thought they were married just because at the end when when they're sitting there they hold hands. He's got a wedding ring on, so I. I assume that that's where that was. Yeah, I don't know whether or not they, they got were, divorced or they were just separated. Or, just separated. Because they both talked about how they both still loved each other. Um, but I do remember them specifically talking about how um, he thought that she was cheating on him with the president who wasn't the president at the time, and that's why he punched the president who wasn't the president at the time. Uh, and okay. it's very funny because his dad, who is uh, played by Judd Hirsch, is like... He, you punched the president. He's like, he wasn't the president at the time. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty great. But as far as his job, like I said, it was like he was like he worked for like a, a satellite TV company or something. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. very clear. But I, 
in in jest, I think he either his dad or somebody said something about him being a cable repairman, or you know maybe that's just like he worked for a cable company, but he was like a super smart researcher or something. You know, I so I don't really yeah. know, uh, but uh, or maybe he used to be, and then kind of gave it up. Like him and his wife were both really into it or something and when she left he just took a boring job or something that could be too because she even made a, a comment when when they go to and i know i'm jumping ahead here but uh she made a comment when he was actually going to join uh, will smith's character and flying the uh the little spaceship up to the mothership to upload the virus and she was like oh now you get ambitious um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um now I have to say, my favorite character in the movie was his coworker. (laughs) Oh my god, David! (laughs) And and I just oh his coworker Marty. So that's he's played by uh, uh, Harvey uh, Firestein. Yes, his voice kills me. Like it just like. I, I don't know if it's that's his normal like I don't know if that's his always voice or if that was his voice in the movie but he's like David tell me what's going on and then he's like you know call your mother <laughs> tell her to get out of town he's like oh okay ah uh, mom you gotta go to Aunt Evelyn's uh, don't argue with me mom you gotta do it now <laughs> it's just like, like just well, go now why did I why did I just send my mom to Atlanta <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. like oh god his voice and, is so grating uh, I gotta call my lawyer. Uh, forget my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> that was my line. I was just, I. He's like naming. He's like, I gotta call my barber. Gotta call my, you know, I, I don't know who all he said, but then he's like, gotta call my lawyer. Well, I don't actually have to call my lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and I love the fact that when the aliens actually attacked, also that you know he's kind of stuck in that New York City traffic trying to get out of town, and he sees the the wall of fire coming towards him and. I, I, he had that moment of like, I know I'm not going to survive this. And uh, y- you'd think, because, you know, I just love the fact that, like, instead of, oh shit, he just goes, like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, I don't know why I just found that funny. Like, um, like when an obvious. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, just. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that there was some subtle humor. He needs but... a spinoff movie. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll say I liked. Um, gosh, it would have been funny if he if he wasn't the second one. <laughs> you know, they just put him in there because why not? I guess yeah, you don't technically see him die, so you know, unless you actually see it, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 like create some elaborate like way he survived somehow. Like when the car smashed on his, it dropped him into the subway below, and. You know, his car protected him from being crushed, and uh, and being in the subway protected him from being burned alive. That that would be great. I, I'd love to see that. But uh, to to get a little bit on track here, um, I, I want to bring this up before we get too far, and that is as the uh, as the alien ships are entering the atmosphere, the uh, they call on. Um, they call on one of their uh, like intelligence aircraft that are in the sky to investigate, pretty much. Oh yeah, and the, I, the like this scene, I never really like thought about it, to, like when I, you know when I was younger. But now it's like I'm thinking to myself, okay, 
they're flying right towards a giant ball of fire, right? And it's like you got to know that that there's a thing coming. Like it's it's huge. Everyone can see it in the sky, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, uh, Niner Echo. You, you know, you should have a visual. You know, and they're just like, oh, you know, we oh we don't see anything, even though they're flying right towards it, and they should know that they're flying in the direction of this thing, which is a flaming ball of fire. I mean, at least radar. It's a spaceship that's coming through the atmosphere. That's why it's on fire. Like, like you would think (laughs) at least a radar ping would be like giant thing in your way. Like on the ground, they're just like, they're showing like radar and infrared images of this giant thing there. And it's like, but the AWAC can't see it. Come on. Yeah. 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 Everyone else on the ground is like looking in the sky because there was a giant spaceship, right? They're not tiny. They're massive. And yeah, the, the plane's just like, well, I'm just going to keep going. You know, I, I don't see it yet. I mean, you know, maybe if I get close enough, I'm going to see the thing. And then, uh, and then they go right into the fireball and just die. That's, I, I don't know. Like it just seemed when I think about it and see that, I'm like, you know, that was, that's actually a really like, Horror, like uh, it, there, there wasn't like any explanation to it either. It wasn't like, it wasn't like they were like, oh, you know, our radar's jammed. I don't know what's going on. I can't get a bearing or something, right? So, even still, right? I feel like it would be hard to miss the giant flaming ball of fire in the sky. Right. Yeah, I totally get that. Well, actually, it's funny actually watching it now, and I don't know if it's because uh, it's kind of off topic, but. I, I've been listening to, um, not a sponsor, but I've been listening to what's called the Office Ladies podcast lately. And, uh, you know, it's it's Jenna Fisher and Angela Kin- uh, uh, Kinsey who played on The Office. They're breaking down old episodes of The Office and stuff. It's pretty cool. I recommend anybody listening to it. So, um, you know, free plug for them. But uh, I've been noticing, like, background stuff a lot lately because they talk about that a lot on their own on their podcast. So uh, it kind of reminds me of stuff that I noticed in the background of this movie um, that kind of bothered me, but that that'll be later on. Oh, interesting. Great just, input. Just like some small stuff for, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, if you want me to get into the stuff that I saw, like, cause it's way, I, I'll just get into it. So um, since I brought it up, I guess. Uh, so later on in the movie, when we start seeing the scenes of like all the different, I think there's like British and, um, oh yeah, it was like the British, uh, pilots and the, and I think there were, there was some Israeli and Palestinian pilots who are all getting together trying to coordinate this strike thing. Um, (laughs) one of the background characters, they're standing at a table, right? And they've got like a map rolled out and they're, and one of the guys is standing next to like the, the British commander and, He's holding his like pistol, his sidearm, and he's holding it and he's like pointing it down onto the table, almost like he's holding the paperwork down. But his hand, but his like finger is inside the trigger, like holding the trigger the entire time. And I'm like, okay, okay, (laughs) you're supposed to be some military person, like, you know, like that's horrible, you know, like. Uh, trigger discipline like you would never put your finger inside the trigger guard of a weapon until you're ready to shoot it but yeah. you know and um, use it to point out um artifacts and yeah you're using it as a paperweight and a pointing it you know it's just like <laughs> it, it just didn't make any sense but then later on also um when 
This is like watching Grey's Anatomy with my wife. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Well, it's just funny because it's like, you know, me being in the military before, I'm just like, ah, exactly. get your finger outside the trigger guard. But then I also saw it again uh, during the scene when uh, President Whitmore makes, uh, which we'll talk about this later, I won't get into this, but he makes the best speech that a U.S. president has ever made. Um, during that scene, there's like, there's like all the guys gathered around and there's like the one redneck dude like holding like an ace or like an AK or something over his shoulder. Same thing. Holding a holding a rifle over his shoulder in a crowd of people with his finger inside the trigger guard, like that's where it's resting. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they, uh, I don't know if I've just been paying attention more to background stuff or if it's just that specifically because I'm like, that's not right. I know that's not right because I was there. Like, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. Yes, that's like I said, this is like watching <laughs> watching Grey's Anatomy with my wife and her being like, that is not how a nurse would actually check their temperature. <laughs> That's oh, fine. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, I I'm sitting here watching this like the dude is wear wearing a uniform. He must know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a couple things, but I, I think I'll be nice to to this movie. And I'll explain why when we get there. Okay. Ooh. So the craft explodes, and we're all like, I mean, that sucks. A bunch of people just died, but you're also like, why are you driving? I mean, oh, there's a smoke screen. I couldn't see the fireball coming at me. You know, come on. Give me a break. I, I loved I loved the, um, the girl who's, like, looking up at the big bright light who's like, yes, you know, you just, you kind of, they give the hint that, like, she's, ready for her spiritual enlightenment and then oh good good she, all right, all right. yeah <laughs> let's let's move that way and then I'll, I'll give you the floor on that one um okay all right so at this point now uh soon after they enter the atmosphere then they actually like flow in and they stop burning up because they're slow enough and they start positioning all these these several ships that broke off as described earlier they start positioning themselves over the major cities across um, across the entire globe uh, or disc, whatever your preference of belief is there. Uh, so you have, uh, yeah, New York, Seattle, um, Moscow was one. Um, I think Berlin was mentioned, um, Beijing or Hong Kong. Just these, just big, huge, populous cities where these, where all one of these is showing up at. Um, kind of interesting over the, like directly over the White House. You know, it was kind of like, huh, you know, that's that's convenient that the aliens know where our state's capital buildings at, um, or the White House, uh, the Capitol building, will also see get um, destroyed. But yeah, I mean, and they sh- they should have had three. Over DC, they should have like they should have got the White House, the Capitol building, and the Supreme Court at the same time because you know do the aliens not realize we have checks and balances? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they... Sorry, oh I couldn't. I couldn't resist. <laughs> this is a democracy, you alien. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You can't get us. That's good. Oh. I like that. Well, you know, at least they only took out the executive branch. 
so we're good now. <laughs> we can rebuild that easily. Uh, so, uh, so they're positioned over here, and then. Uh, well, it's funny because we... they did position themselves over uh, specific landmarks because New York City was the Chrysler uh, Building uh, in. LA, I, I jokingly called it the Maze Bank Tower because that's what it is in Grand Theft Auto, but it's like that tallest building in LA. Uh, I don't know what the actual name of it is, but it's like that one landmark that everybody would know. Uh, so it was like there was it was like a specific landmark, you know, building each each location. Yeah, yeah. But I digress. It, Go ahead. I know yeah, I never thought how <laughs> strange that was. Like, oh they're targeting specific oh i mean i i got the populous city and and but i i never thought of it um initially like how strange it is to you know choose these landmarks that we know to be something we care about uh that they just line up directly over uh so anyways um this is where we we see um, our friends standing on, uh, what building was that? Um, that, that she, it was the, it was the, that was the uh, maze bank tower thing from GTA. That yeah, I yeah. can't remember. Oh, okay. Let okay, me, so, let me look that up while you're talking is what that, what that tower is based off of. Yeah. So she, uh, was the, um, was captain Stephen Hiller's, uh, girlfriend's stripper colleague. Um, exotic dancer colleague, I, I guess we could say. <laughs> so, and and this is where we get to the part where they be where she goes, uh, as as the as the weapon begins to activate, um, or a just a bright blue light we see, and then um, we hear her go, oh, "They're opening up," <clears throat> or or should I say, "They're opening up." That's awkward. <laughs> Let's use that one. <laughs> Gosh. Take three. Not the, not um, the first one. Real quick. So I did look it up. It's actually the U.S. US Bank Tower um, is the one is the tower in Los Angeles that I'm thinking of. So obviously for the video game okay. Grand Theft Auto, they, they changed the name to Maze Bank Tower. So, But it's that same building. Okay. Cool um, so before you move on from that, though, I do want to – so uh, – when we when we meet uh, Captain Stephen Miller for the first time, who is played by Will Smith, Hiller. Uh, oh, I said Miller, didn't I? Uh, Hiller, yeah. yes, uh, good catch. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we meet him for the first time. Him and uh, his lady, his stripper lady Jasmine, are uh, they are in bed. And you know they're sleeping in. It's supposed to be the Fourth of July weekend. He's not supposed to be at work. And, uh, the, like, as the craft is coming into the atmosphere, everything's sort of shaking a little bit. And he's like, wakes up and he's just like, well, there's an earthquake. And she's like, go to sleep, baby. It's not even a 4.0 or <laughs> something like that. Like a true, yeah. a, a true, uh, LA native there. Um, so later on he wakes up and he, he's, he's going to use the bathroom and he's looking out the window and people were rushing around and throwing their belongings into the into their vehicles and he's just like uh he's just like oh looks like neighbors are packing up and leaving you know just a little bit of shaking they're gonna move out and 
so then he goes he goes outside to get the mail and he realizes literally every or no the newspaper and he goes he realizes everybody around him is freaking out and he's like what is going on and he just happens to like look up at the horizon and sees this alien ship up there and he's like oh my god and then uh but a great <laughs> a great line he has um is so he goes to go into work and uh uh Jasmine's like oh you're supposed to be your you're supposed to be on leave it's supposed to be your weekend off and he's like they canceled it you know and uh, cuz he's got to go he's a he's a fighter pilot and he goes look i really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to come down here and start a fight you know get all rowdy <laughs> 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 which obviously they did <laughs> you know? yes uh but yeah, that, uh yeah i digress I, I couldn't i i had to back us up a little bit to talk about that line because it's it, the way he yeah, no that's good the way he did it, it was it was awesome yeah every party's and it's crazy it's crazy i didn't realize like how long it was before we first see uh will smith in this movie. yeah it's like 25 almost 30 minutes before we ever see will smith yeah like it seemed like, like oh. it was way faster than that before yeah so that it was kind of weird because I actually haven't seen it in a while, um, so it was kind of nice to see it again. I, I, I kind of uh, sh- shut down after the whole, like Independence Day two came out, and I just kind of like let it be its thing for a while. But but uh, all right, here here's where we're at. So <laughs> Stephen Miller's like, oh, people are scared. Why are they Why are they moving away? And then he realizes, oh my gosh, there's a giant. Um, alien ship over uh, Los Angeles right now. That that might be a big issue for us. And he's a fighter pilot in the U.S. Uh, Air Force. So yeah, He's a Marine, actually. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I mean, I knew, I knew <laughs> that Marines could be pilots. I just, uh, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, uh, so and this was whenever like he's at El Toro and he's getting prepared to to fight, and this is where we'll go ahead and go back to the Maze Bank, where we originally were going to go to because I know Dustin really wanted to talk about this beautiful incident. Yeah. Um... I just thought that one particular point where the the girl is like looking up and she's you know she's in she just you know it's kind of like you there was a and not to get too off subject but I always um, there was a there was a Halo book that I I read once a little short story and it was talking about like some it was it mentioned a couple of these people that followed this guy who created kind of a religious thing and i i just always thought it was you know it was just kind of the blind like if it's an alien they must be god and she's just like take me take me i'm ready to go i'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, but what was funny like i just died laughing because um she does that and then all of a sudden she looks up and she sees the the beam about to come down. She's like, oh, never mind. I'm running. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. She's literally like one of the first people to die. Like, 
Right. Like Insta, like <laughs> well, gone. She's, and she's that girl that you're like, I, I just want her to die. I really, really just want her to die. Wow. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> maybe I maybe maybe you all didn't think that. Maybe I'm exposing myself. I, I think you are a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean I get it, you know, because she was like But she was asking for see, I just want people to get what they want, you know, because she wanted to die. She wanted to offer herself as a sacrifice to the aliens and there she did. Yeah, yeah, not in, the, not in the way that she wanted, but um, I guess at the, at the point everything happened, um, you know, it was okay. Well, we can't, you can't, take we can't it back. be picky. I mean, if we're offering ourselves to aliens, we, you know, we can't be picky at how that happens. We just have to let them take us. Yeah, I can't really. As agree with we that. see later, I, by I one of disagree. by the uh, by, we'll get to the hero at the end of the movie. You know. Apparently he was taken pretty well by the aliens. Oh, so that's something we should talk about then, because uh, uh, American fighter pilot hero Russell Case, like we got to talk about this guy. Yes. So we're first introduced to Russell Case uh, when. <laughs> so uh, you go you you go to a scene of a looks like just a random like mobile home park and. Uh, with a bunch of RVs, like old old RVs in the middle of the desert, and uh, this guy comes driving up, and uh, you see there's like three kids uh, in the RV, and they're like, "Oh crap!" You know, so and so's here. He comes out, and he's like, "The guy's holding some crops," and he goes, "He's like, you see these? I've got a whole, you know, I got a whole damn crop of these." And he throws them on the ground because they're obviously wilted and bad, and he's like. If your father ain't in the air in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to find someone else. So then it cuts over to this man flying a biplane, uh, a crop dusting uh, biplane, and uh, his son, Miguel, who was the guy that was just in the last scene, is riding his motorcycle, trying to wave him down <laughs> while Russell, uh, and you see Russell Case is in the biplane, and he's like, woohoo, yeehaw! And he crop dusts a field. And then after he's done crop dusting the field, he lands and he like pulls into the driveway, you know, like lands on the road and then pulls his plane into the driveway of this house. And uh, Miguel pulls up and he's like, he's like, you dusted the wrong field. That guy's farms on the other side of town. <laughs> he gets out yeah. of the plane and completely stumbles because he's completely drunk while flying, which um, don't do that, kids. Uh, yes. <laughs> or adults, I guess. Um, so he stumbles out of the plane completely drunk, and he's like, he's like, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. But stumbles we, out with like his... Uh, Jim Beam. And <laughs> yeah, he's like got a whole bottle with him in the plane. It's just like, what the hell? <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, and it's funny because like later on, you, you you there's some some townies, you know, um, come rolling up, and and he's in a he's in a small diner. So you start to get a small backstory of of uh, Mister Case, and they this guy's giving him crap, and he's like, oh Russell, you know. He he got it. He got he got abducted by aliens, you know, uh, you know, a couple of years back. Ain't that right, Russell? You know, like now when they had you up in the spaceship, did they like touch you, you know, like sexually and stuff? And then they're all laughing and stuff. And and he goes, he 
so Russell like leaves uh, and then ends up, I guess he ended up getting arrested after he left the diner uh, because then his kids now see him on the news uh, and the news gives even more of a backstory, but like, you know, local crop duster Russell Case is in, uh, in the county jail tonight, you know, <laughs> uh, after, after crop dusting the wrong field or something like that. And so they interview the same like townie who was like, yeah, you know, Russell, he's, he's quiet, you know, he got abducted by aliens and they, they did sexual experiments on him. Like they're telling this to the news and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Which, like, you you get, you don't ever, I wondered if they were ever going to explain that. But I. Well, you're led to, you're kind of led to believe he's just a crazy person, just like most people who claim to have been abducted by aliens. You sort of just write it off as, oh, you're crazy. But he gets his vindication later, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Hero. American (laughs) hero. Don't forget him. Nope. Not yeah. hey, not just American hero, international he's, hero. He's yeah. he's hero a world, world hero. Yeah, he saved the world. Yeah, as the so, president would say. So uh, we'll go back to. Um, they begin the attack. They destroy huge portions of every major, you know, city on the globe. Um, just leave it a big fiery mess complete destruction where um the uh where where it stretched out over land i mean it was just a big big wall of fire that just pretty much went over everything um and uh at this point everyone's like okay we need to devise a plan to attack like we need to we need to see if we what we can do to take these guys down. So, Captain Stephen Hiller, our buddy Jimmy, and a couple other pilots strap up. And which I Jimmy, by the way, is played by Harry Connick Jr. Yes, and we go into pretty much the first assault because uh, at this point I'm. And it's just a counterattack also, and they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, because they they just, they have no idea the capabilities of of these aliens. They just um, know that they're hostile at this point. At least I'd hope they would. Um, Maybe that's a friendly gesture where they come from, and we just didn't know that. We took it the wrong way, so it's our fault. Um, So, yeah. Pretty much first counterattack that we see. Um, and it starts off with them attempting to shoot missiles at the ship, which proved to be ineffective because of the shields that these ships apparently have on. Ryan, what do you think about that? So uh, <laughs> it's because they don't know about the shields to begin with, but they could have known about the shields to begin with. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, they didn't know about the shields, and they're they're basically just an energy shield. So the missiles, you know, these fifty planes that are up in the you know fifty jet planes that are up in the air all fire one missile each, and then come to quickly find out that they have an energy shield. And as they get closer to the ships, all of a sudden, a bunch of small fighter ships 
uh, come out of the ship to engage the fighter pilots, um, and they quickly and find by out a bunch. Like it's tons. By a bunch, you mean like probably a ratio of like eight ten thousand to, to one. one. Well, I mean, it was like <laughs> if they sent a hundred fire pilots, fire pilots, it was like ten thousand to one. <laughs> It's not that high. It's probably like 20 to 1, I would say. Listen, <laughs> we're all about awesome. exaggerating here. Uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was I, a lot. I was like, holy crap. Like, you know, let's let's talk about this, you know, these aliens for a second. And uh, I, I don't know what they're trying to prove here, but like, you know, they must have a little bit of an inferiority complex because <laughs> they just seem it's always overkill. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they, they, it, it's they're <laughs> trying to create an extinction level event. I mean, I don't I don't think there's a, such a thing like causing an entire species to go is, it, extinct to where uh, you can then use up all the natural resources they have. I, I don't think there's a I don't think overkill is probably in their vocabulary. It's true, and they don't have a vocabulary but, because they they speak telepathically. That's true. That is true. Or through Which telepathy. We find out later. Is that the same? Is that the same yeah. word? I feel like it is. I feel like it's it is like too. Advertisement and advertisement. Yeah, probably depends on where you live. I feel it's right. Uh, therefore, it is. <laughs> by the way, I, trying to say fighter pilot, I said fire. You did pilot, you multiple and I times. And I know it was great. I like. Yeah, I, like that. I wanted to be like. <laughs> I'm a fire pilot. <laughs> yes. Oh, jeez. Anyways, so the fire pilots are, <laughs> like, at this point, you know, they're like, um, well, we weren't expecting this because they weren't expecting anything, and you definitely don't expect to be, um, like, there. there's, like, 15 of these guys and, like, 200 of these ships just flow right out as soon as they get, uh, they get close to the... Come on. To the main 200. ship. 200. <laughs> 200 was, that we saw come out a, on the screen. That, that's what I mean. There was at least a thousand. So, come on. I don't. I, I don't assume. think the numbers really matter too much. <laughs> yeah, and in this case, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, numbers matter. Um, I'm going to stand Size up for matters Dustin now. now. Oh my. Yeah. So uh, the the don't at first the they're trying to figure out what what you know how, how do we how do we take these things out? All right. Let's shoot missiles at the little guys, and they hit those guys with missiles. And the little guys it seems to knock also. them out of the sky, but it doesn't destroy these little fighter craft. Yeah, because they have because, shields also. Yeah. But it seems like it does. Like when they hit them with, even though they have shielding, it seems to at least knock them out, knock them out of their own trajectory, like the where they're flying. And I don't know if that was one yeah. of those like, oh, it looked like that, or it was that supposed to be the maneuverability of the actual ship. I, yeah, I think I think it actually does knock them around, but it doesn't destroy them. It doesn't seem to do physical damage, really, or at least enough to destroy the ship, which is what was happening to these jets as they were just getting shot left and right. They're trying to, um, they're trying to like communicate and all right, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that, and before they can get to the next part, the next phase of their attack two more planes go down and they only, again, they only had, let's say 20, I think 20 would be, um, it was like 15 or 20. Um, and, 
and so now and now there's uh, about two because Captain Stephen Hiller and uh, Jimmy pr- they pretty much realize all right we need to take this we, we need to get out of here and and their their uh, their um, superior officers pretty much say you need to get out of there because everyone's getting killed you're obviously out outnumbered outgunned whatever it's not working leave. Which another and, great uh, line from Will Smith though is. Uh, um, because these these fighter uh, spaceships, like the smaller spaceships, are firing some sort of like green, I wouldn't say laser, but it was almost like a plasma of some sort that they're launching. Yeah, and, that's what I um, thought. So it, it so some sort of like plasma weapon or whatever. And at one point, one of them shoots at at Will Smith, and Will Smith's like. Oh no! You did not just shoot that green shit at me, <laughs> like yeah. as he's like flying away, and that's where him and uh, uh, Mister Jimmy uh, attempt to. He's like, you know, he's like, "Hey, get low to the deck, and we'll we'll fly out of here." And uh, so they fly low to the ground, and they end up getting into like some sort of canyon. Uh, but before that, unfortunately for Mister Jimmy, uh, he tried to do a maneuver. Uh, but couldn't bank at the speed, or at least that's what uh, that's what uh, Captain uh, Hiller had said: is you can't bank at that speed. Um, and was able you know, like tried to do a maneuver, could not do the maneuver, and then ends up getting shot down uh, by the aliens. And now at this point, you know, Will Smith is uh, pretty pissed off because you know his best friend basically just got shot out of the sky, um, and he ends up flying into some sort of canyon and having the. Uh, the little alien spaceship follow him and he starts getting a low fuel warning. So what he does is he ends up shooting out his, uh, their, like the parachute on the back of the jet that would, you know, so like if they had, if they, if they tried to land and had their brakes go out or something like that, they can, they can, um, drag shoot. That's what I'm thinking of. So he releases his drag shoot backwards into the face of the alien ship and, which apparently the alien ships fly by sight, um, just like we would. So, <laughs> so he can't see that this canyon walls in front of him. Uh, Stephen Hiller ejects. Uh, both his jet plane and the alien ship crash into the side of the canyon, but the ship itself ends up becoming like it crash lands, but it's still more or less intact. Um, and did you guys notice how hard it looked like uh, Stephen Hiller actually hit the ground when he was uh, parachuting? Yep. Yes. Like, it looked like he just, like, straight up slammed onto the ground. <laughs> like, I was like, man, yeah. ankles. Yeah, that looked like a legit parachute drop, though, because they... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, if you don't land right, you can apparently uh, mess up your back and break some legs, uh, which I didn't realize... I didn't realize that you still, even with the parachute, with, with I think some parachutes, you know, it just depends, but with those ejector seat parachutes. Well, it's um, that like round one, so you can't really glide in at an angle with it. It's you come straight down, basically. Yeah. And so, yeah, and you have to like brace. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you can do some damage, which I'm like, man, that would suck. And it did. I mean, they did a great job, though. Like it. He still sounds like he he smacks the deck pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it just looked like it hurt. (laughs) Like, dang. Um, Well, and it's funny, too, because he immediately, like, he hits the ground, uh, falls down, jumps up, and, like, he's he's sort of tangled up in his own parachute, but he's, like, pissed off. 
And he, uh, but he's like, he's pissed off, but he's this whole time in this, in, in the canyon, he was talking shit the entire time. Like, oh, you, yes. you, you little bitch, my, you can't bank, you did all this stuff. He, he's my favorite line, and I sent it to you guys in the thing. He says, You just wait till I give me another play. <laughs> I'm gonna line yeah. every one of y'all up next to each other. <laughs> just like, no, I, I, I loved that the parachute seemed to be like, one of his buddies that was like, trying. Oh, to it's hold holding him back. back, and he's literally oh. yelling at the at the. He's literally yelling. She's at like, the no, parachute. no, Will, like, it's not worth like, it. He's like, get off me, get off me, get off me. Like as he's unhooking <laughs> and, it, like let me and let me say, as he walks up, he see he's walking to the alien ship that has also crash landed, and he opens like. Like, he's actually opening the door to this to find the alien, to fight the alien. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, you do know that E.T. is not coming out of that. <laughs> Which he does call the aliens a few times. It's like, you know that the, this is going to be, a this could be this, you know, probably 30 foot tall alien. But for all he knows, you right. know. And uh, he's just like, he's he opens the door. The alien gets out, and it, it is the him funniest in the thing in the world. He just punches him in the face, and it knocks him out. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna drag him. I'm gonna drag it, drag him for miles." Well, it's, you know, it's, and it's funny too because apparently him, uh, so Captain Hiller and uh, Jimmy apparently had some sort of like, uh, I guess, um. I can't think of the word, but they had this thing where anytime they had a successful mission, they would light up a cigar. Um, and ritual. It, yeah, ritual. And so, but he would always say like, you know, like, oh, don't light up yet. You know, uh, it ain't over to the fat lady sings or whatever. So that that's the same thing that goes on. But after he punches, he punches the freaking alien in the head and he goes, welcome to earth. And then he sits down and like lights up his stogie. And then he like he's got the cigar in his mouth and he's like, nah, that's what I call a close encounter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not even phase that I, hey, I just punched an alien. Like, I just you know, like I I just I was going through I was going through all the things when that happened that would be going through my mind if I, I saw the alien and Everything that he did is the exact opposite of what I would have. Oh, done. and the alien, I mean, <laughs> as we find out later, is some sort of like uh, biomechanical suit that you see on the outside. It straight up looks like Predator's brother or some shit. You're just like, right? I'm like, it's freaky. <laughs> Which you know, and they did, they did go through, and I, you know, I joked earlier saying that they have an inferiority complex, like. They do go out of their way in this movie to make you to kind of let you know that hey, okay, this alien has super incredible technology, but they're also super vulnerable. Like they you know, breathe they, oxygen, and, and right. they're fragile. They can die. Like right, and and it was very apparent that even in this, like he punches him in the face, and it knocked the alien out. You know, like. Not and not just knocked him out for like a second or two. He, I mean, basically the alien is out for however long he dragged him, and then they got him into um, whatever facility it was that they start running tests on him. I mean, he literally the facility was Area Fifty One, right? Which I was yes, I was gonna get to um, 
I was going to get to that. The the in a minute, whenever we get there, I I, I there's some funny things from that. But but yeah, so like he's just he's like, and and he even says he's like, uh, is there really something there? He's like, oh, it's there. Trust me, it's there. But you know, it just it was just they they did go out of their way to kind of. I mean, even the fact that this is 1996 and that this superior race of alien with all this technological, you know, advanced whatever, you know, that's there, you can crack their whole thing with a virus, which we'll get into later. But it was just kind of like, you know, they, they just really went out of their way to say, hey, like, we can do this, even though that they're not, you know... Uh, they're not. Like they're not invincible. The, they're not. Right. Exactly. So, and it was. It just. And again, in the in this where the aliens like getting up, and you're thinking, oh, he's gonna die. Like, and Will Smith's like, sit down. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too because uh, Will Smith, uh, like, he's got a lot of great lines in this movie, but uh, when he's <laughs> before he teams up with all the RVs and stuff that are basically fleeing. Um, he uh, he's dragging, so he wrapped his parachute around the alien, and he's now dragging the alien across the desert. Uh, but it actually it almost looked like salt flats is what they were on, and I don't right. know exactly where they were, but they I mean they were somewhere in Nevada because they ended up being in be uh, become or getting to Area Fifty One. Right. Uh, but he says, "Oh, go ahead." Well, I was just gonna say, and it's it's really funny because like, and I this may be what you're what you're getting to, but like the guy. The guy asked him if he needs a lift, and like you, you just think that the guy would say when he sees what he's got, he's like, "Oh heck no, that ain't getting in my my truck or my minivan or <laughs> yeah, you know." And, and he's and and they don't really show the interaction afterwards, but it's just like, sure, pack your alien up and you yeah, know, yeah, throw him in here. We'll, we'll go. Go ahead, pack him up, and we'll we'll. We'll get on the road. Well, I just thought it was funny because as he's dragging him, like you see, he's dragging the he's dragging the uh, the parachute behind him, and like out out the back of the parachute, there's some uh, like alien tentacles that are being dra- drug along with him. And he go <laughs> he says the lines. He says, "This was supposed to be my weekend off, but no, you got me out here dragging your heavy ass through the burning desert <laughs> with your dreadlocks sticking out the back of my parachute." You got to come down here with an attitude acting all big and bad. And then he goes, and what the hell is that smell? And he starts kicking the shit out of the freaking alien, like <laughs> the, the knocked out alien in his parachute. He just starts kicking him over and over. And he goes, and he's like, I could have been in a barbecue. Yes. And he goes, or he said, I could have been at a barbecue. And, uh, and he goes, but I ain't mad. And that's, <laughs> and that's, the scene. and then he starts and, dragging and- again. Like, and this is the alien. I mean, these are the aliens that just wiped out all the cities in North America and really the world. And he's just he's just talking crap to him the entire time. He really was brilliant in this movie. It really just listening to him, just like totally back talk this. And what was funny, and I said this to Kaylee, just kind of about the movie itself, was that. Um, you know, on one side, every time you see kind of the president and, you know, all of the, you know, Secretary of Defense and all those people, 
it, it kind of reminded me of Outbreak when we watched that and the s- severity of what's happening. You know, it's like yeah. we're trying to make decisions. You know, at one point the president, they're talking about nuking Houston, you know, and they're like, is it worth it? You know, that whole thing, which was, you know, kind of the same thing that was an Outbreak. But then on the side, you've got just this humor of Will Smith, like, just kicking around an alien like it's nothing. You know, it's just like you kind of look it's at almost, it was almost like two separate <laughs> movies going on at one time. Well, it's funny because with Will Smith's uh, attitude and stuff, it's like you almost want to be like, man, glad he's on our side. You know, just like exactly. Oh, um, Sergeant Johnson. Sergeant Johnson. You can cut that out. Halo reference. Oh, oh! I you, you threw me off here. I'm like, wait, who's Sergeant Sorry. Johnson? <laughs> Just cut that out. Just cut oh that gosh, out. Um, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming up on an hour and a half right now. So um, I think what we where we should go kind of from here is we can talk about the fact that uh, about the Area 51 scenes with uh, with Mr. Data. Yes. Uh, so Zach, do you wanna do you wanna take us into that and? All right. So, um, after uh, Will Smith drags this alien through the Nevada desert or wherever he was, and uh, he shows his clearance uh, <laughs> to the guy where the guy they were going through some type of military checkpoint, and um, the guy asks for his clearance, and he goes. Oh, oh, you need clearance, and then he just shows him this like this alien that's wrapped up in his uh in his parachute. <laughs> so, anyways, that was clearance enough for him to pass. Um, and at this point, and he's so just we're like, get the hell out of the, the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you please like get him through here? I don't want to see that again. Yeah. Um. So then we go and meet Data, uh, at this research facility. Well, um, and real quick before that, the you know the the president is like reaffirming, you know the uh, I can't remember his name. The dad, um, he says there is no alien fifty one. You're just believing the propaganda on the news and all that. And then the guy's like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, the, the actual." Uh, <laughs> The Secretary the of Defense like, is like, that's not entirely true. And he's like, right. why was I not told about this? And he goes, um, plausible deniability. yeah, plausible deniability, <laughs> sir. So that's and he how, goes, how do we even so, pay for that? And then, and then uh, that's when Judd Hirsch's character was like, uh, I mean, you don't think they really spend $30,000 on a hammer, $50,000 on a uh, toilet seat, do you? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah. So that's how they get there. So they all kind of meet together at Area 51. Which Area yes. 51 is sort of ran, it seems, by uh, Major Mitchell, who is played by Adam Baldwin, which, if anybody remembers, that is uh, that was Jane on Firefly. So while we were watching that, Zach, I don't know if you caught it. I was like, hey, it's, it's Jane. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I definitely saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we find out the, the head... Um, Scientist uh, who plays is played by Brent uh, Spiner, who obviously made the character of Data from uh, Star Trek uh, Next Generation famous. Um, but he plays a, a Dr. Oaken. So, sorry, yes. Zach, go ahead and 
take it from there. Yeah, well, so pretty much we are, they're bringing the alien in, um, and here we find out that this isn't the first time uh, these aliens have been to Earth. Um, I think they reference a crash landing back in the 60s where they... uh, Yeah, they referenced the the Roswell, because apparently these are supposed to be the aliens that they recovered from Roswell. I think it would would have been the fifties, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been fifties. Um, and yeah, you mean when they recovered the weather balloon from Waswell? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, Doctor Oaken, you know, they're trying to get this potentially living uh, alien into their facility to either resuscitate it or. To um, I uh, do, do I either that or to uh, perform a dissection of it in the in the case that it's dead. Uh, so there we are in this facility. We see um, we see all these other artifacts. You see uh, the skeletal remains of the previous ones that look very similar um, to this alien. Once we get to the dissection, like you you kind of get these similarities and in this again, you kind of come in to see, uh, how much more, how, how they're, they're just like us in a way they, and, and this is where they really push that point is at the lab there. Um, the fact that they need oxygen and they, they're, um, they're not indestructible. You know, they, you know, beating them they over can the get head punched or in the face. Yeah, <laughs> getting punched by Will Smith will knock you out there. Uh, so, uh, and then here, so they finally get the 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 alien into um into this room to be dissected, and this is where uh they start cutting into the top of it, and. At this point, I don't believe that we're aware quite what it is. Um, as far as the, the, the with it being a biosuit, because they they dissect it, it flies open on them, and they expose a smaller being that seems to be controlling uh, this biosuit um, and protecting. <laughs> So, uh, once they uncover this, it starts, it's not, it, 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 it like comes, uh, it becomes conscious and then begins affecting Dr. Oaken, like, uh, via telepathy, I guess it just starts, um, well, it kind of wrapped its tentacles around him and I was waiting, I was wondering if, like, I was looking to see if maybe it had went like into his spinal cord or something and like kind of merged with his, you know, kind of his nervous system or something. Uh, but he it basically it started speaking through him um, because yeah. it couldn't it couldn't speak as as they talked about. They used telepathy, but he starts speaking using the doctor's voice. And I was like, I want I was looking for how he interfaced, but all it really showed was its tentacle wrapped around his neck. 
Yeah, yeah, and then that's what it was because, like, even initially before that occurred, it, whenever it first started, he just starts like you hear that uh, that eerie sound, and um, Doctor Oaken like grabs his head, and he just starts like he starts seeing like he's he's in some type of pain or discomfort. He's like agonizing. He's just like ah, you know, he's grabbing his head, and um, and then the alien gets up pretty much kills everyone and then uh you know the you know there's like some alarm that goes off or whatever but everyone's alerted to this happening and they just see the room with the alien moving around and everything it's he busted open some 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 something that made it very foggy in the room so you couldn't really see and then dr oaken gets you know pushed up against the wall and that's yeah you see the tenant he's got the tentacles wrapped around his neck and the alien pretty much starts talking through him to uh president whitmore you know because they were just talking they're just like you know what why are you here why are you doing this you know do you want can't remember what we what what do you guys remember what they asked about um well yeah he they just said he started asking like um is there any, know, any way to have basically peace? the president the main two things that i remember is he he said i mean we we've got to be able to broker some kind of a deal you know some kind of a truce um you know can we do that is there a way we can work together you know, basically, and the guy, you know, I kind of quoted it over. He said, he said, no peace. Like that was his response was that there can be no peace. Um, and then, um, you know, he goes on to, uh, they, he goes on to say, so well, if, if there's going to be no peace, then what's, what, what, how is this going to work? What, what do you, what do you want with us? And he literally just responds with like die. <laughs> yeah. Like he in other words, we just we're we're here to wipe you out, and that's why we're here. And you know, because he kept saying, Let it let us out, let, let me out, let me out. And he's like, We will like we can. We would love to tell us why you're here and why you're doing this. And uh Yeah. I, I actually then, enjoyed uh that specific part that was one of my favorite scenes whenever I was younger is yeah. just he's just like, "What is it you want us to do?" And you just Which, hear the alien. He's just like, oh, and, and he's <laughs> yeah. just speaking through through him and just and just saying that like it's like this deep raspy breathing because he's mm-hmm. speaking through the doctor who he's choking out pretty much. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I, I was always I like, enjoyed. Oh. I enjoyed it too. Again, like I said, kind of at the top of the show, I, you know, a lot of alien movies and things like that will like the point is us like reconciling with them and us learning to coexist, coexist somehow. And this, this was kind of the point in the movie. I was expecting that I was expecting like, okay, we're going to broker some deal, you know, declaration of independence, you know, it's independence day, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. And then when this conversation is like, oh, no, <laughs> that's 
like they're actually going full force with like if we don't beat the aliens, we are going to be extinct. Like there is no, you know, <laughs> there's no kind of beating them. There's no, uh, you know, there's no joining them. There's not, you know, it's like yeah. you, 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 you know, survival. There's no compromise fitness, with them. You either kill them or they'll kill you. Right. But, uh, yeah. And so Ryan, you know, like, why don't you take us to where we go after that? Yeah. So you know, after that, we Major sort of start Mitchell. to, uh, figure out, uh, a, that there are some survivors as far as, uh, at least in the Los Angeles area, because that's where like the president's wife was. And also, uh, uh, Stephen Hiller's, uh, fiance, um, uh, Jasmine, I think is her name, right? The she's, yes. she, so they're alive. They've actually made it to El Toro, the, uh, the base and Will Smith actually ends up stealing a helicopter to go look for them. And he ends up mm-hmm. finding them, um, which was great. <clears throat> but then, so in the middle of the night, quick, quick side note. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I there was a part of the scene where, like you said, the uh, the his girlfriend slash spoiler alert wife at the end of the movie um, is there, kind of tending to the first lady, and like doesn't say anything about it. And then finally she says to her son, Hey, you want to meet the first lady? And she's like, Oh, I didn't even know if you knew who I was. And she said, yeah, I I did. Um, I knew I just didn't want to make a big deal about it. I kind of voted for the other guy. (laughs) And I thought, Oh, so that's what we need in, you know, 2020 to be able to actually talk to the people that disagree with you. We need an alien invasion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's just like you pointed out the fact that at the end over here, Israel and, and Palestine are teaming up with each other to go, you know, with their fighter pilots, like, you know, like 6,000 years of war. And all of a sudden, you know, like, Hey, (laughs) we can cooperate with each other. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I like the implications. There's just like showing like all these various groups. Americans right. and Russians, Russians and yeah, everybody is just like we're we're all attacking in five hours. But the way we get to that though is when um, uh, <clears throat> David Lenson uh, or or David Le- Levison, who's played by Jeff Goldblum, he is like just drunk, which is apparently not uh, it's not like him to be drunk. And his his dad, who's played by Judd Hirsch. Uh, He's like, uh, look at me, look at me, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm making a mess, because he's just throwing crap everywhere. And uh, Jeff Goldblum apparently is a very uh, health-conscious, a very, you know, like, recycles all the time, makes a big deal about recycling, trying to save the earth. And he's just throwing trash on the ground and ripping things up. And he's like, you know, he's like, hey, look at me, look at me. You know, what are you doing? You're acting like a schmuck. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin everything, like, we killed the ozone layer and, and poured toxic sludge into the oceans. Maybe, maybe, maybe they won't want it, you know, won't want the earth, you know, and he's obviously drunk. And <laughs> so his dad's like, Hey, come here, come here, get off the floor, get off the floor. If you're going to, you're going to catch a cold. And he goes, wait, what did you say? And he's like, and he repeats the first thing he said. And he goes, no, the other thing. And he goes, what? I don't want you to catch a cold. He's like a cold. Oh, you're a genius. You're a genius. And he walks off and he goes to wake up this uh, this scientist and he's like, hey, get everybody down here. We got work to do. 
And he's like, what? Who was the, uh, who was the, the, uh, actor that was at the expense of prison Mike in the office. I can't remember his name, but I was like, who is that actor that was asleep? And then I realized it's the guy that, that, uh, quits because, <laughs> because he was, went to prison. Oh, is that the same guy? I didn't notice yes. that. That's funny. He's the guy. Ah. And Michael Scott's like, yeah, why, why does the Wayne uh, Wil- always Wilderson. have to be black? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wayne. Yeah. Cause he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne. Is it, is it Wilderson or wild Wilderson? I'm not sure, but I, uh, I like when I first saw him, I was like, Oh, where have I seen him? He's so much younger in that movie in Independence Day. He looks like a kid. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't notice that. Uh, but yeah, so he gets woke up, you know, and then, so they bring everybody down and, uh, it's kind of a great scene. So, uh, David's like, he goes up to the, uh, the alien spaceship that they have inside this bunker that they've had inside the bunker for since the fifties. And he puts a Coke can, like sitting on one of the wings or something. And he's like, uh, major Mitchell, do you have a, do you have a gun or a pistol? And he goes, what? And he goes like a pistol, a gun, you know, something to shoot with. And major Mitchell's like, you know, uh, Lieutenant, give me your gun. And, uh, so he goes, do me a favor, shoot the Coke can. Right. So he aims and fires at it, but then the bullet hits the energy field or the energy shield. And, of course, the bullet ricochets everywhere, uh, which is pretty funny because everybody's, like, freaking out. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? And he goes, oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. He goes, give me... And he's clacking on the computer. And he goes, all right, one more time, Major Mitchell, shoot the can. He fires the gun again, and this time he hits the can, and the shield's down. And they're like, whoa, how the hell did you do that? And he goes, I gave it a cold. And they're like, what? And he goes, uh, a virus, a computer virus. So he goes on to explain that basically if they can fly this little small fighter ship, or as Dustin would call it, a fire ship, um, <laughs> if, they can, if they can fly that to the mothership, they can upload a virus into the mothership and then also fire a nuke on the inside of the mothership to blow up the mothership and if the virus can affect all of the other ships down below because the mothership is holding all the sorts of communication and whatnot and using um, Earth satellites to actually bounce around these signals, that they can have at least a window of uh, at least a couple minutes for all these shields to be down. And uh, so then they, they start this plan, and they're like, okay, we're going to need all the, all the fighter pilots and everybody else uh, that we have. Um, and they start gathering up people, and that's where... That's where our, our good friend Russell Case comes back into play um, because they're like, you know, hey, we have enough planes. We just don't have enough pilots. So they basically like anybody with any sort of flight experience whatsoever come forward. And uh, Mr. Case is like, I'm a, I'm a pilot. <laughs> and they go and they're like, we're going to start with you, sir. What's your name? And he goes, uh, Russell Case. Uh, back, you know, I, when I came back from Nam, I started, uh, I started crop dusting right. and I've been doing that ever since. And he goes, and on a personal note, uh, sir, if I might say, I was abducted about ten years back, so I'd love, uh, I'd love to get up there and get some payback. So I won't let you down. <laughs> and of course, they look at him like he's nuts. Um, like, and this is the fate of the entire human existence on this guy. Well, and it's funny too because like he's been drinking the entire movie, and then all of a sudden, so it's, he t- he tells his kid to like keep bringing him coffee because now all of a sudden he has to try to figure out how to fly an F eighteen freaking super hornet like (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and he's used to doing a crop duster or like, uh, I'm not sure what the planes that they used in Vietnam were, but they, I mean, I know there were jet planes, but obviously a lot different uh, nowadays, which is, uh, which is pretty funny. So, um, so when they're getting ready to do this, uh, Will Smith's character, Captain Hiller and Jasmine do like a very quick marriage ceremony in the, uh, in the chapel. Um, so they get married and while that's going on there, cause they were like, Oh, we need a witness. And, um, uh, shoot, I just lost his name. Oh, David and his, his lady, they are there as witnesses and they sort of like hold each other's hands. Like, so you kind of see like maybe there's a little bit of a spark coming back uh, because David's going to go up with him uh, to do this. And that's when she actually made the comment like, Oh, now, <laughs> now you, now you get a, um, now you become ambitious. But, uh, so that's when we kind of move on to, and I'm going to read the whole thing if that's okay with you guys. But, um, the most rousing speech ever by a uh, sitting United States president. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> and it, it was really funny cause my wife goes, that sounds like Trump. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, no. and there were certain points where his inflection and tone <laughs> oh, kind <geez>. of did. <laughs> oh, I don't want to think that. I love this speech. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, President Whitmore kind of jumps up on the back of a, uh, of a truck. And this is that scene, by the way, where the guy's holding the AK over his shoulder with his finger inside the trigger guard. So look for that when you see it next time. Uh, he goes, uh, <laughs> he grabs a bullhorn. He goes, <clears throat> he's like, good morning. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you'll be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That's a word that should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for the right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Can we all come to the altar now? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know some serious ass whoopings about to happen is about to go down on this alien threat. I mean, because you can't you can't lose with a speech like that, right? No. I mean, and then the president said, then then he's like, he he's about to get in the plane, and the was it the Secretary of Defense is like, uh, sir, what are you doing? No, that's the that's the Marine General. <laughs> The general, oh, the yeah, uh, Robert Loja. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, sir, what are you doing? And uh, he's like, I'm, I'm a pilot. Said, my job's in the air, or my, my duties in the air, or something like that. Yeah, he says it, and it's like, 
then you're like, okay, we we know now this that it's it's on now. The president's leading the charge. We know we're good. Well, it's so it's so they go up. Uh, uh, Captain Hiller and David Levison are now. Uh, they get to the mothership. They're up in the mothership, and they're immediately, almost immediately, able to upload the virus, right? And they're supposed to upload the virus, and then they're supposed to like turn around and you know they're supposed to fire off this nuclear missile. But they're supposed to have like thirty seconds before it, a thirty second delayed timer before it actually explodes. So they're supposed they're given like thirty seconds to get back out. So, but there's a problem because the uh, the alien ship or the uh, the mothership actually pulled the little fighter ship in via like a tractor beam or something like that, pulled it in, and so they've got no control over what's going on and ends up putting it in some sort of like locking dock mechanism. And so he punches out, you know, punches out the virus, they upload the virus, it goes through fine, but now they're kind of stuck there. So they go through this whole process of like, you know, they're going to sit here and try to figure out what's going on. And uh, <laughs> so, so I think they sort of come to terms with, like, um, they pull out the cigars. Like I said, uh, this is sort of a thing for Captain Hiller. They pull out the, the cigars and they start to smoke them like, hey, you know, this is this is where it ends. Uh, we're going to fire off this nuke. We're still going to be here. Yeah. And Goldman's character's like, huh, funny. I, I, I used to think I'd die from one of these. Or things like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny because they so they they were sitting on the floor because the the window the aliens could see into the window, so they're trying to hide to be like you know. So what they do is uh, they're getting ready. They're like, all right, we're gonna fire this nuke off, right? And Levinson, so uh, this is between the both of them. You know, they get up and they start looking out the window and they start waving at like the controlling alien who's controlling like the dockyard or whatever of the mothership they're like hey hey take a look at the earthlings goodbye y'all take y'all take care right all right nothing but love for you nothing but love and hiller goes you think they have any idea what's about to happen to them and david's like not a chance in hell and he's like good night as they're still like laughing and waving at them and then hiller goes peace and then they launch the nuke into the into the tower which then releases the ship so they're able to start flying away. And uh, all of a sudden, like, because the ship gets released, um, Levinson's like, like, uh, he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're released, uh, you know, start flying. And Hiller goes, I ain't heard no fat lady. And he's like, forget the flat, fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. Drive us out of here. So they pretty good. So, uh they escape the ship and it gets it gets blown up and but before all this happens uh all the fighter jets are up in the sky and they're outmatched 10,000 to 1 again and <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um but the shields are down this time so they start firing missiles which at first i was kind of like wait they tried to use a nuke against it and it didn't work but it was against a a shielded ship and it didn't work I was kind of surprised they didn't try to like fire off nukes at once the shield was down, but they didn't. So I digress. Um, so basically, what happens is the shields are down, so they're doing a lot of damage, but they're not doing enough damage with the with the missiles because basically everybody fires off their missiles within the first like twenty seconds of the encounter, and all of a sudden they're out of missiles. 
but they can't figure out how to take it down, take it down. And they're like, everyone's out of missiles. Oh my God, they're opening up the weapon, which is like at the center of the bottom of the ship. And so they start opening it up and they're like, is there any other pilot? You know, the president's like, is there any other pilots out there that have missiles? And Russell Case goes, uh, Russell Case here, sir. I've still got a missile. You know, I told you I wouldn't let you down. <laughs> you know, And uh, so he shows up and they start, you know, they're like, he's like, you know, if you give me a little, little breathing room, I'll take care of it for you. So uh, they're like, you know, they're like, Echo 7, Echo 6, you know, form up behind him, you know. And then and the president shows up also and they're like, he's like, all right, guys, let's give this man a, a, a clear you know, let's plow the road. And they all start firing like, you know, and they're clearing out all these ships. Uh, Russell Case's sh- uh, plane is flying directly towards the center and he tries to fire the missile, but the missile becomes jammed. It will not fire. And so he's like, it's jammed. It won't fire. And uh, you have this moment of, oh God, it's not going to work. And Russell Case looks at the weapon and he goes, can you all do me a favor? Tell my kids I love them, you know, I, or I love them. And he start, and you realize that he's going to fly his plane into the weapon. Like he's going to fly it right up the sphincter there, and <laughs> he's going to get them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but he goes, <laughs> so on his way, on his way, now he's flying perfectly vertical up into the uh, up into the spaceship's weapon and he you know he goes do me a favor tell my children I love them uh, and he sets the course and then as he's flying <laughs> as he's flying up into it he goes all right you alien assholes in the words of my generation up yours <laughs> <laughs> and he's like flying directly into it um well, and then doesn't he says something about being like are you glad to see me again or something yeah he goes because uh, you know and then president whitmore's like good luck buddy you know and then in like just crazy eye look russell case goes ha 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 hello boys I'm back. That's it. And he does that. And like, as he's saying that he connects with the, like, as the, as like, as the weapons going off, like he hits like the apex of the, where the weapon is. And so it like creates a back feed that blows up the entire ship. Um, <laughs> and you know, like, and the rest is history. American hero right there. Yeah. And of course, the after hero the, of the world, Hero of the world, Russell Case, you know, drunk, uh, sexual abuse by alien survivor, um, got his payback, you know, he got his payback. (laughs) So they, they start, um, they start sending, sending the word across the world of how to get, you know, how to take these, how to take these ships down. And then you kind of see all over the world, how these ships are all burning and crashing and, and everyone's celebrating and, you know, we're we're all of a sudden like we don't have any differences. We're all humans and stuff. And uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it for Independence Day. Yeah. You guys, uh, do you guys have anything else? Uh, if you guys have anything else, and plus, uh, you know, just kind of give your if you have any overall thoughts uh, that you wanted to give. Um, now would now, be the time. I thought. You know, I, I don't know that I have anything else. I just, I thought it was, um, 
like I said, I really like the way they presented um, the threat. You know, I um, I like it with these kind of movies, even if it is. I mean, it's a movie, so you kind of know good guy's going to win, bad guy's going to lose. And we're always the good guy. Um, but, like, I always like it when they where they make you think, like, okay, I know we're going to win this, but how? Like, we got to, like... I'm really interested to watch this movie to see how we come out of it, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, and they did a good job with making it look like, oh, my gosh, the odds are really stacked against hum- humanity in this. Like, this is going to be, you know, it's, I mean, and really the plan, um, you know, the plan that uh, Jeff Goldsberry has is very... Like, you know, Simple. it's like crazy and it's out there. And again, he got it while he was drunk. So it was kind of like, I mean, everything had to go just right for that to happen. So I, I just, I liked the premise of it. I liked kind of the, um, just how extreme the, uh, the situation was and that they didn't, again, they didn't make the alien somebody you secretly rooted for. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I of course, love this movie. Um, I, I love Will Smith as a, as a, an actor. Um, I love Jeff Gold's bosom. Um, <laughs> I just really appreciate, uh, like, uh, just growing up with it. I mean, it's, a lot of it's nostalgic. I still think it's it's still a pretty decent movie for how it's portrayed and just being a nice little. Um, I like how it's patriotic, but it's also patri- It's it's also like for everyone. Like, yeah, it's like look at everyone. We came together and we did this. You know, like even like it's still kind of like oh, it's the Fourth of July, but then it's also like where we. Th- fought and defeated the the aliens that were going to annihilate us from the planet uh yeah but my my favorite part is just the um is you know when they nuke the mothership um and they they're uh you know they're smoking in there <laughs> bye-bye they're just talking to them. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> see you later peace and then he just fires the nuke into him i i, I love that part well, and that's where that that whole time Will Smith's character like it just sort of bleeds over into uh, David, also like uh, or Jeff Goldblum's character David, um, where it, the whole time Will Smith has been nothing but this giant shit talker, like you know badass the whole time, and then it's sort of right there at the you know at what he thinks is going to be his end. He's just like you know nothing but love for you, you know peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, did you have anything else, Zach? No, no that that's it. That that is it. That is Independence Day. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did, as Absolutely. much as I have throughout the years. Yeah, and uh, as far as my final thoughts on the movie, I just like I said, growing up, uh, we've you know we've me me and Zach have probably watched this movie. You know, like we said, 20 plus times together, which is 
not an exaggeration. I don't think at all. I, I don't. Re- I don't know how many times exactly, but I don't think that's uh, exaggerating it. I mean, we've watched it so much. Um, great movie. Really holds up. Um, it's it's it is really funny, and uh, yeah. I I guess I'll leave it with uh, stop side seat driving. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, but all right, do you guys have any shout outs that you want to give? Um, uh, you, you know, just uh, you know, just lo- love all you guys. Keep listening. Keep watching. Let us know how you like it's it. Dare, dare. I don't want to shout out anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, just just Zach being a poet. He he just. He just doesn't have any friends, and we need to get him some friends so he can shout them out. No, no, you know, I, I, That's I, have, awkward. I have some acquaintances in my life. <laughs> but thank you, <laughs> Dustin. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any shoutouts? Yes. Um. Uh. Want to shout out my wife, my daughter. Um. Thank you for in advance for letting me. Um stay up till four o'clock in the morning my time to record a podcast (laughs) it wasn't the plan um and thank you to my wife specifically for trying to watch the movie with me um i really appreciate your effort to offer to rotm radio um i want to shout out um the dude that you know worked with with uh I'm not going to say his name again because you said I messed it up. And I, I didn't even realize I messed it up. So that one dude that's in the movie. No, no, um, just who is it? Just... Jeff Goldsberry? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah, go, oh, gosh. Go ahead. Anyway. No, I said um, it right. Jeff Golds. Uh, Jeff is Gold's that is that right? <laughs> no, it's Goldblum. I I could look it, look it up, but, you know, it's just so much work. Um, um, that's why I've had IMDb open the whole time. Yeah, I usually do. Um, but you know, this time, um, I, you know, this is, this is a great segue. I want to shout out Ryan for fixing all my mic issues last week. And, and, uh, the irony of the audio engineer that I am having to be fixed by the guy who is just doing this all for the love of the game. So I want to shout you out. Well, thank um, you. And specifically, that's why I don't have IMDB up because I forgot to and I can't do any clicks, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. But anyway, uh, yeah, shout you out. Zach, I'll shout you out too. You're a good guy. Thank you very much. Uh, as far as shout out go, shout outs go, I would like to shout out uh, Zach's wife and Zach's boy since he uh, uh, he forgot to, and uh... <laughs> oh, no, no, you know, it's, uh... oh, I know you like to try to keep that tradition going, so uh, I'm I'm just helping you out because we're we're bros. Well, yeah, we're gonna shout them out for you. <laughs> we will make sure it always happens, even if you're not here. Um, but just Zach, you, we you. can't announce who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yes, not going to use their actual me. names. <laughs> um, so also want to shout out uh, uh, my wife. Thanks for hanging out in the watch party with us uh, to watch the movie. That was pretty cool. Uh, commenting. Yeah, with us. she it was, was the a good one time. who pointed out that was Buckwheat. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you, Karen. So actually, it was really nice because it was like she was able to kind of do that on her phone, watch the movie with us at the same time, not not having our daughter, you know, witness violence and stuff that she doesn't understand because uh, she's so little. So that you know, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and just want to shout out you, the listeners out there. Uh, who are listening to us every week. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, keep giving us feedback, keep commenting, keep uh, giving us reviews, and uh, keep telling your friends about us. That, that's, you know, that's great. And then uh, Dustin and Zach, once again, you guys have been putting in a ton of work to help make this uh, run, and I appreciate, uh, even though sometimes it is a sacrifice for your time, and I, I appreciate it because I'm definitely having a lot of fun with it. So, uh, yes, oh yeah, sir. Same here. Any uh, any final thoughts from you guys at all? Um, I do not have anything else. Wanna just one last shout out? Shout out again, the listeners. Um, and uh, I'm excited to next week talk about some Rebel action, um, some Star Wars, uh, New Dawn, Rebel, Kanan, Jarrus story. Uh, that all oh, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> That'll totally I'm excited sense. about the book for next week. <laughs> I've gotten into it. I'm about five chapters in, and I'm really excited. <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you, it was really funny because when I went to go into uh, um, my Audible account the other day, and it was like, it was like, um, uh, would you like to? Your last part or your last moment was that. Um, like chapter two or something like that, and I accidentally pressed yes instead of no, and I was like, "Oh crap, chapter two And I had to go find where I was again, and I was like, on "Chapter like forty something," <laughs> oh, and I was man. like, "Oh god!" Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about that too. Um, for those of you, uh, I know we were supposed to do that this week, but uh, to make sure we could all get it done, that's why we swapped the weeks. Uh, I'm sure you all understand. And, uh, yeah, so we will be talking about uh, Star Wars A New Dawn, uh, the novel, next week. And uh, if you haven't done so yet, you can uh, get that uh, book via Audible. And if you want to try out Audible, go to rotmradio.com and click on the link uh, on the lower right-hand side of the page. Or on mobile, you can click on it there as well at the bottom of the page. Uh, Yeah, give it a shot, and uh, it'll be helping us out as well. So yeah, so if you guys are good and there's nothing else, uh, we'll yep. go ahead and say goodbye here. And I uh, can't wait to, to talk to you guys next week. And uh, yeah, look forward to it, everybody. May your best yesterdays be your worst tomorrows. And remember, don't shake the mic. <laughs> you know, I always wondered what would happen if you uh, shook the mic.